0: Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and figure out what movies inspired it. And this is another special episode of the show. It's one of our filmmaker follow-up episodes. We will be talking to Clint Carney, the writer and star of Dry Blood, the movie that we covered last week on the show. So uh, I'm not going to do a whole lot of spiel up front. We're going to get right into the conversation. But as always, make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast. podcast app of choice make sure you are following us on social media at piecingpod and join our facebook group piecing it together a movie discussion group that was pretty quick right let's get into the conversation all right so uh today on the show we are talking to a filmmaker uh we're doing one of our uh filmmaker follow-up episodes that we have only done a few of so far, but we really enjoy doing them because it it lets us uh, get into the mind of the filmmaker a little bit and see what they think about what it is we do here on the show. Um, And today we are talking to Clint Carney, uh, writer and star of Dry Blood. Uh, Clint, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Um, So, you know, just to give people a little bit of backstory, I uh, originally connected with you because you know the Mahal brothers who I worked with on Bus Party to Hell, and we actually covered that movie here on the show, uh, which was fun because I had worked on it. And, you know, it's not every day you get to cover a show, uh, a movie on your own podcast that you actually have something to do with. Um, But that was a lot of fun. And uh, then I actually got to meet you. Uh, We... Uh, we ran in, into each other at the Film Quest uh, Film Festival in Provo, Utah, um, where you we both had music videos in the festival, and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was a cool video, and I mean it was great getting to meet you. And uh, I thanks likewise. I always like that
1: Film Quest Festival. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a rad fest. Yeah,
0: yeah, it, there, there's a lot of cool stuff. It is. It's really cool. I love I love genre stuff. I ended up you know?
1: working on, we probably talked about this already, but not, not on the podcast, but I ended up uh-huh. working on the Mahal Brothers' uh, next movie after that, which was... Uh, right on. Art of the Dead.
0: Yeah, yeah. They they uh, As usual, they're out there raising all kinds of money, um,
1: and so oh, yeah. I'm
0: sure they're going to have the resources.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they've already got another one uh, they're raising money for now, so...
0: Oh, those um, guys, uh, they know how to do it, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. We've talked a little bit about whether or not I'm going to uh, do some more music on their next thing, but uh, not, nothing set in stone yet. But I guess we'll we'll see what happens. Um, but but um, so for the people listening, um, you know, when this goes up, uh, we'll have already published the main uh, dry blood uh, conversation that I did with my co-host Chad Clinton Freeman, um, and where we get into the movie itself and talk about puzzle pieces and all that. Uh, so. Th- this will be like a follow-up episode. So for people who are listening, who maybe did check out dry blood already, or who haven't quite yet, um, can you tell people a little bit about yourself?
1: Uh, about myself or about the film or uh, about both.
0: yourself, yourself,
1: <laughs> and, and then we'll, we'll move oh, into
0: should. the film as well, but about yourself yeah. <laughs> as a filmmaker and an actor and writer and all that.
1: Yeah. So sounds good. So, uh, I'm very recently a filmmaker. Well, a professional filmmaker. Like, right i started making films when i was in high school you know short films and just really based around uh gore and things like that uh and then i, I focused uh my career on the music industry and the art world for a long time uh, so i've been a touring musician for like 20 years and have uh, shown mm-hmm. art galleries all over the world and stuff but then uh i kind of fell into uh the art department side of things in professional films so i've done uh, a lot of props and artwork for bigger films. And um, then recently, or not recently, but uh, about 10 years ago, started focusing more on writing and I've written a ton of scripts. And uh, the director of Dry Blood, Kelton Jones, and me uh, were set out to make a different film. Actually, Initially, it was a, a punk rock film called The Violent, which we are still trying to get off the ground. But that uh, the budget of that one ended up being uh, much larger than we could deal with at <laughs> at that point in time. So uh, he had asked me if we had, or if I had another script in mind, something that could be done on kind of a smaller scale. And I was uh, churning around the story for dry blood in my mind at the time, and uh, pitched it to him, and he liked it. So I went ahead and finished the script and. Uh, and that catches you up with my illustrious film career. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, you you have quite a few uh, impressive
0: uh, credits to your name. And then, um, you know, some of the stuff that you've done, uh, you know, yourself is all some really cool stuff. And, you know, Dry Blood is it's the first feature that um, uh, that you actually wrote. Is that correct?
1: Uh, yeah, that's right. It's uh, I think yeah. Dry Blood was my sixth or seventh script that I wrote. But mm-hmm. the first one that was actually produced. So uh, very excited about that um, other right than on. You know, short films and music video scripts and things like that. But uh, you know, sure.
0: feature-wise, yeah, know, Feature wise. Yeah. At first <laughs> is Kelton someone you had uh, worked with previously before uh, working on this.
1: Well, I had uh, started a, a writer's group, a screenwriting group and uh My friend uh, Chad Michael Ward was also starting a writer's group at the same time. So we kind of merged our groups together and Kelton came along from Chad's group of friends. And uh, so I met him in that writing group and uh, we hit it off right away. And uh, I was directing a music video for my own band, System Sin. And Kelton uh, has been a, a working cinematographer for a number of years. He's very talented in that regard. And so I hired him to come on and shoot that music video and we, we liked working with each other uh on set and that's kind of uh started from there we decided we wanted to try to make a film together and uh that's how it all started
0: very cool right on um so um i you know i think we could kind of get into uh dry blood a little bit here um so the, f- the first thing that we're going to do, and then we'll talk a little bit more about um, the production of it and whatnot as we're getting into some of these. I'm sure it'll kind of lead into some of those things. Uh, but what we do here on Piecing It Together is we, you know, look at uh, a movie and try to figure out what other movies inspired it. We call those the Puzzle Pieces. And so um, my, my friend Chad Clinton Freeman, who uh, used to run the Polygrind Film Festival, uh, so he's a big fan of movies like these. And uh, so me and him, we, we sat down and came up with Puzzle Pieces. Pieces for this movie and so i'm going to run some of them by you not all of them but uh i'm going to run some of them by you kind of get your reactions uh you know your thoughts uh as far as those and whether or not we're you know anywhere on the mark or if they're just <laughs> like not something you had thought of whatsoever in the process <laughs> nice. and uh it, and then we'll, we'll kind of get into if there's any that you maybe have in mind that were big influences that we didn't bring up so um You know, with that said, right on. With with that said, um, you know, it's funny. We talked about this on the episode. Um, It's funny. I. It always ends up happening this way. I I don't know what it is, but we always end up when we're talking about uh, not just horror, but especially like you know indie horror films. We always end up talking about Sam Raimi and the Evil Dead movies. Um, (laughs) Are those uh, uh, influences for you going into a movie like this?
1: Uh, I mean, certainly because it's a cabin in the woods type scenario, you know, so Mm -hmm. uh, and I love Evil Dead and I I have an Evil Dead tattoo on my leg, in fact. (laughs) Nice, nice. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I'm a big Sam Raimi fan. Uh, I I was fortunate enough, I I actually got to uh, work on one of his projects. He was directing the pilot episode for a show called Rake. With Greg Kinnear so I got to do some props on that unfortunately I didn't nice. get to meet him but it was still cool just ah. to be able to work on a production that he did but uh uh yeah so certainly he, he's an influence of mine or, or a hero of mine uh I don't know that necessarily uh, outside of the similarities of there being a cabin in the middle of nowhere I don't think there's a whole lot of parallels beyond that because mm-hmm. stories veer off in different directions but uh sure I I'm I'm sure without Evil Dead. Uh, many of those cabin in the woods type films would not exist for sure. In <laughs> Pro- probably, uh, probably the same. Nice. Nice. Yeah.
0: I, I don't have any tattoos, but I do have an ash, uh, uh, decal on my car. So uh, nice. <laughs> I'm a big fan myself. Um, <laughs> the next, uh, puzzle piece we had is the shining, um, which of course with, uh, your characters, uh, you know, mental state and, uh, you know, the visions and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what do you think as far as the shining as a, um, as an
1: influence? Oh yeah. Yeah. Huge influence on, on this film. Uh, obviously I love Kubrick. I love Stephen King. And, uh, that's just such a beautiful film. And in a lot of ways, although it wasn't intentional at first, but after I had written the script, I thought about that a lot. I was like, Oh shit, this is like, a miniature version of The Shining. If The Shining nah. had no budget. <laughs> you know, cause it, it, It's essentially, you know, in The Shining, uh, Jack Nicholson's character, or, you know, Jack Torrance goes out to the Overlook Hotel to, uh, even though he's there under the auspice of, of uh, you know, taking care of, of uh, this hotel, he's really also sobering up because he's an alcoholic while he's out there. And that's very much, you know, dry blood is the, Brian Barnes' character goes out to this cabin to uh, try to, you know, sober up. And that's kind of how things start. Mm-hmm. And then, so yeah, I definitely, definite similarities in there. Uh, unintentional as I was writing it, but obviously I can clearly see that how that influenced the story in my mind as I was developing it. Although, yeah, sure. not intentionally, but, but obviously yeah. there. <laughs> Right on. Sorry, another another quick homage. Another quick thing about that, though, because once I realized that Shining connection, just to kind of have a little, because I realized that after I wrote it, but before we started filming, so just Mm -hmm. as a little nod to Nicholson, um, the sheriff's name, which you never see, you never hear his name in the film. But if you read his name tag, it says McMurphy, which is Jack Nicholson's character in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So just a little (laughs) random random thing. That's awesome.
0: That That's a great little Easter egg there. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, right on. Well, um, so, yeah, so I, I was going to say the uh, going back to the Evil Dead, we also ended up talking about the Evil Dead remake because um, which, which the remake was, uh, I still say it was a lot better than I ever would have imagined it would be. Um, but I'll mainly agree. because yeah. mainly because of the uh, the the um, the reason that the character Mia is going to the cabin in the remake is uh, to deal with, with addiction and uh, to detox. And uh, I was wondering if that, the, the idea of using horror, and it, I think that's actually going to run through a couple more of these, is just, uh, you know, dealing with, um, uh, dealing with addiction and, and trying to, you know, get through that and the, going to a place of isolation and, of course, ends up becoming a horror situation.
1: Yeah, I I really did enjoy the remake. Uh honestly, I saw the remake after I had written the script, so it wasn't a direct mm-hmm. influence in terms of that particular plot point, but uh it was in a way when I saw it it was validating because I I thought it was a great device in that film. It worked really well and it was a good explanation for why they were out there. Although, you know, secretly I or not so secretly, I wish they hadn't have done that because we just did the same thing in a film in our film which wouldn't come out for uh, you know, some <laughs> time, but, uh, you know, they did it first. I just hadn't seen it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> right
0: on, right on. Um, so I, another one, um, I guess I, I put these two together and this deals more with the... Uh, the hu- the the humor with the uh, w- with the cop character uh, played by Kelton Jones, um, and we had we had put down both uh, Danny McBride and Eastbound and Down as well as the cops and <laughs> Super Troopers, um, because cause that cop is great. I mean, it's it's a great character. He's very funny, you know.
1: Yeah. Um... Yeah, I I can see, I can see the connections just right there when, when you say it, uh, which is super funny, but, uh, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that when writing it. My, uh, my dad's actually a retired, uh, Sergeant from the sheriff's department. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I grew up hearing a lot of cop stories and things like that. And, uh. You know them fucking with people sure. and <laughs> things of that nature and i, and I really wanted to yeah. You know but it, in i mean it's not good natured if you're the person on the other end of it but uh <laughs> some of the stories were, were pretty funny and I, I i that kind of uh wanted to give him that sense of mischief uh but of course if you're in brian's shoes you know if you're the one being fucked with it's not so funny uh, but but ultimately, you know, the reality of it is that the cop in this film is actually the good guy. You just don't identify with him that way because you know we kind of give you this anti-hero to be on the side of from the beginning. Sure, but uh,
0: but yeah, the, <laughs> I mean,
1: I tried I tried to write it in a way how I thought those two characters would interact in in the real world, and I think uh, without intentionally trying to play it to be funny, but it just kind of uh, comes across in a natural kind of humor way. I think, um, if that makes sense, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. And, and it's a good, um, you know, it provides a good balance for the, you know, pretty heavy themes that you get into, uh, even though they're mixed with, you know, gore and horror and all that, i mean, still pretty heavy themes. So it's, it's good to have that, uh, you know, that mix of, of comedy in that first, uh, first act leading up to it. Um, so, uh, Another one that uh, that my co- co-host had brought up, uh, and I think he was bringing it up partially because of the shot where you see into the trunk at the end. Uh, spoiler alert, uh-huh. of course, but there's spoilers on this show all the time. Um, but um, also because of the, uh, the uh, I, I guess you'd say the slow burn building up to just all of a sudden, every th- all, you know, all hell breaking sure. loose. Um, he had brought up From dust Till Dawn uh what do you think about that as an influence
1: i uh, i to be honest i've only watched the movie once when it was in the mm. theaters and i do remember enjoying it but i also remembered that i enjoyed the first half a lot more than i did the second half i uh, kind of mm. like it was more of a uh, serial killer story than a vampire story so right. I, I wouldn't say that it was necessarily an influence uh but yeah i, I did enjoy it enjoy the film um mm-hmm. More so, I think with the slow burn. Yeah, my my favorite era of cinema is the late eight, uh, the late seventies and, and and early eighties, kind of back mm-hmm. when you could get away more with doing a slow burn, and the audience, uh, their attention span was a little greater. And so maybe I, uh, <laughs> that, that's kind kind of the kind of why it goes that way. It's just kind of like my homage to films from from that period, or mine and Kelton's homage to films from that period, but um i i was very pleased to see more recently films like uh hereditary and the witch being yeah. so well received uh for being such you know what people would consider slow burns but the, they're great films and i'm i was pleasantly surprised to see that they were able to find an audience with films of that style
0: yeah no they do it does seem to have um you know of course it You know, movies in general are so there's so much out there now and so many different styles, but that definitely does seem to be like having a little bit of a uh, comeback, at least, um, you know, to a certain audience anyway, and certainly in the horror world, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah um all right uh so i'm gonna bring up just uh two more um that i'll put together here and this is coming back to the themes of uh you know addiction and recovery and all that and that's requiem for a dream and train spotting
1: oh yeah um yeah i mean certainly those are great films and uh no doubt had had influenced it kind of in the back of my head although again not conscious influences you know Mm -hmm. You know, I, I did think of one other thing with The Shining, uh, which I guess we'll sure. get back to. Well, I'll just jump in now while, while I'm thinking of it. The uh, the first ghost that you see in the film, uh, we totally played up to be like, uh, you know, kind of that uh, Shining uh, Room 237 ghost moment. Uh, right. Not, not, not directly, but just in that same way. You have the ghost in the bathroom coming out of the shower type thing. Um, yeah yeah just a little little minor thing but it was like okay it's gonna be it's shining esque. might as well play it up (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's awesome yeah no it's cool
1: with with requiem and train spotting um you know the, the interesting thing about those films is that you take your uh your protagonists in the films and you give them you know kind of this very humanizing yet hard to swallow uh problem of having a drug addiction which you know i think Many people have known addicts in their lives, and oftentimes uh, those are the type of people that people deliberately cut out of their lives because, you know, for, for whatever reason, uh, the addicts tend to alienate uh, the, the ones they love. And so to take mm-hmm. a character like that and try to make him a protagonist, uh, I always found very interesting in films and especially films that do it very well, like uh, Requiem and uh, Train Spotting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it kinda hurts a little bit when you see them you like going back and uh you know relapsing and whatnot. Um, oh yeah.
1: Because you, you want them to succeed, but yeah. Know.
0: Um <laughs> even once all the gore starts, you still want them to succeed somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> um so, you know, actually, I will bring up one one last one um, sure. that uh, Chad had brought up, which was the uh, the films of Greg uh, Lamberson, uh, like Slime City Massacre and Dry Bones. Uh, those kind of like just, you know, just super
1: gore films. I have not seen those, actually. But OK, uh, it sounds like I like those titles. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Chad is a big fan of uh of all things the the most obscure gore film so i never know for sure if people know those movies when he brings those ones up um but yeah absolutely they sound like a lot of fun that's for sure um <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check them out. <laughs> yeah so uh you know with with that said are there any um specific influences that you uh have that maybe i didn't mention
1: uh yeah i mean certainly uh you know, we made a point of making some or a lot of it came in in the writing phase. But there are a couple films that I just love that I was like, ah, never written a ghost script before. This might as well uh, throw in some little homages. So uh, that that same thing with, you know, the Shining-esque bathroom ghost, the entire scene that leads up to the reveal of that ghost is basically um, very, very. Uh, it, it's it's an homage to a very similar scene in The Changeling uh, with George C. Scott, where mm-hmm. uh, he's in a much larger house, but he hears uh, water running and that causes draws his attention to this location in, in the house. And I thought that was a great device then and a, a really great and and often uh, overlooked ghost film. And I uh, just, you know, it's always been one of my favorites and I just wanted to have a little moment in there that to. T- Give a nod to that film, sure. So that's one. Um, there's a lot of stuff hidden throughout the movie, just real subtle, you know. Hey, what's up? This, you yeah, <laughs> know, we like your movie, <laughs> so <laughs> we're putting this in. Uh, but there's there's, other, there's some other non film related things too that I just wanted to throw in there, just a little details like um, you know, growing up, my uh, my uncle uh, William Carney was a horror writer and so the book that anna is reading uh the one scene where she's reading a book uh that's his first novel in in that book and then uh, the opening sequence or the the scene where you first see the cop and he's talking to uh the clerk rob galuzzo's character in the store uh he's actually uh he's telling him the story about this um body that they find in the snow or whatever which is actually a reference to a novella that i wrote uh that was uh i did a concept album for my band system sin called all seasons mm-hmm. Pass, and it, so the album tells a story but there's a novella that i wrote that was released with the album that gives you kind of the complete story that you don't necessarily get all through just the album alone and that's a reference to uh to that uh for the for anyone who's fans of my music just a little nod and a, a few nice. people that saw the film at the festivals actually came up to me after and, and got it, which was pretty satisfying that they, Oh, that's great. <laughs> like that's else. awesome. <laughs> Cause it means they also time to read the book. So, Hey,
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I, I like that. You're a, uh, you're a fan of the Easter egg. I, I think that's, that's great. Um, it, it's, it's cool when, when a filmmaker like throws in all those little things, especially for the fans and stuff like that. That's great.
1: Oh yeah, Rob, Rob Rob Galuzzo's shirts. Every time he's on screen, his shirt is another uh is another easter egg. <laughs> I guess I'll just <laughs> spoil them all for you now. Now he's wearing uh a System <laughs> Sin shirt at one point in time, which is again my band and I did the score for the film under that moniker. Then he's wearing a uh a Shockwave shirt, which is his podcast. <laughs> and then um what else is he wearing? Um Oh, no, maybe it wasn't shockwaves. It was the podcast he did before that. Uh, And then uh, he's also wearing a shirt for the violent, which is that punk film that I mentioned that Kelton and I are still trying to that doesn't exist yet. But Rob is wearing the shirt for it in that film. So that's awesome. Uh, when that movie gets made, that'll be a fun bit of trivia.
0: <laughs> that's great. Yeah. In, in my uh, artificial music video that you saw at the film festival, uh, the, the right. doll character, he's watching one of my previous music videos in it. Um, oh, when nice. he's sitting on the couch. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, so th- that's, that's awesome though. I like that. Uh, so yeah, you know, I was actually going to ask you, um, you know, before we uh, wrap this thing up uh, a couple more questions I had, um, first of all, it was the music you know especially since we're both composers. I figured I would you know ask you about that about your your process when you know was this had you uh scored a feature before this?
1: yeah, this is the third feature that I've scored um uh, mm-hmm. but the first two were uh, my my friend tony dublin he is a he's a special effects artist but he also directs uh some micro budget films and mm-hmm. 15 years ago or so i had scored a couple of his films but it was more it was less traditional scoring like this was like dry blood was and more like hey i like this system Sin song can you do some variations on on this song sure. that i can sprinkle throughout the film that sort of thing and, and there were some stuff custom written for those songs but it wasn't done at, in the same way that that this one was this one was very much a you know th- these songs were custom made to fit into these scenes and and to sell the vibe that i wanted for each scene
0: was that uh you know a very rewarding experience to get to score your own uh film
1: yeah i think so i mean i tend to be a control freak you know when it comes mm. to creative output and so for me it's like well i could Try to explain to a composer exactly how I want these to feel, or I could just do it myself. And you know, the reality of it is, I could probably hire a composer that would do something completely unexpected that would be way better than than what I thought. <laughs> but also, uh, you know, with an independent film, budget's also a factor, and it's a skill set that I had. So um, yeah, that route. But it, uh, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out, and we just got picked up. We got a record deal uh, with Burning Witches records it's a uk record label they're going to be putting it out on vinyl next year and uh, nice. digital as well so i'm stoked to have it uh, this is my first uh system sin album that's coming out on vinyl so pretty stoked on that oh that's great man congratulations with that that's awesome thank you so
0: um so you know just i guess overall um how, how are you feeling about the finished thing and everything and that it's going to be out there i know it's i know it's had a lot of uh a lot of great um uh festival appearances.
1: Yeah, it's uh we did a big festival run. We it was pretty well received at, at the festivals. We won some awards and that was that was very nice. But now but you know, sometimes I think that a festival audience which is com- comprised mostly of other genre filmmakers, sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes I think that they are more kind than the public at large. So it is a little I am a little nervous, you know, I, I I'm or I should say I'm anxious to see what people think of the film. I know already it's not a film for everybody, uh, but I made mm. a film, Kelton, you know, we made a film for ourselves, you know, one that we would enjoy watching. And I think uh, that the right people will get what we were trying to do. And I hope that it finds its audience and that the the people that enjoy such weird, uh, you know, twisted movies will will like it.
0: Yeah. I, I think there's definitely an audience out there for something like this and, uh, you know, it's very well done. And, um, yeah, I, I think, I think, uh, people are going to find it and, and really enjoy it. Uh, so what much. are you planning on next? What, what are you working on?
1: Uh, well, I've got a number of, uh, irons in the fire in terms of, uh, potential next features. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm doing some pitches and getting some scripts out there and things like that. And so uh, I can't say for certain what the next one will be, but um, uh, there there are some potential things that may happen. So whatever <laughs> uh, what, whatever script that's floating out there gets financed first, that'll that'll be the next film. But I'm really uh, uh, I've directed a, a number of things, short films and music videos and stuff, but I have not personally directed a feature yet. And so, uh, the next one, I'm hoping I get to, uh, you know, try out my directing chops on a feature and, uh, we'll see how that goes. Sweet. Sounds good. Well, uh, I
0: want to thank you, Clint, for, uh, for taking the time to do this. Um, I, I'm glad to get a chance to watch the movie and I'm glad that we were able to cover it here on the show. Um, you have any last things you want to say or where can people find, uh, your work and all that?
1: Yeah. I mean, first off, just, yeah, thanks so much for having me on the show. It's, it's, it's been a blast and I I can't wait to hear the the commentary on what you guys, (laughs) what you guys (laughs) said about the, uh, uh, that dry blood is available currently for pre-order from epic hyphen pictures.com. They've got a special pre-order sales price on the DVD and the Blu-ray right now. Uh, it'll soon be up for pre-order on iTunes as well. Uh, and then when it comes out, it should be available everywhere that vod and blu-ray sold um but and then you can find out more about me my website is dot and i've got some of my music video work up there and some of my artwork and and we'll be you know pushing uh whatever new film projects i have through there and i'm all on all the uh social network sites as well that sort of thing sounds good well uh again
0: thanks for being here and uh, i'm looking forward to seeing uh What you do when you get behind the camera, start directing some features. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby
1: Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to Weeby Geeks podcast on
0: iTunes and Stitcher or online at weebygeeks.net. Weeby Geeks, your voice for the Geek Revolution. Want to know more? I told you that was going to be a fun conversation. Uh, Thanks again, Clint Carney, for coming on Piecing It Together and talking to me about what it is we do here, getting into all those puzzle pieces and everything. It was a great time talking to you. Um, And I hope you all... Check out Dry Blood. Again, it's going to be available this week on Blu-ray. There will be a uh, link in the show notes for you to go follow and go check it out. I hope you do. So uh, that does it for today. We will be back later this week with the A Stars Born episode. And uh, we're going to be going steady ahead for the rest of january with a whole bunch of episodes uh we'll be following that up with halloween and then maybe we'll squeeze in an episode on glass we uh we we have enough episodes to fill out january we don't even really need to record any uh but maybe we'll squeeze that in because i've been looking forward to glass forever so i think that'll probably happen so anyway uh as always i want to remind you all please make sure you are subscribed to piecing it together you could do that on any of the major podcast apps Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, TuneIn Radio, and a whole bunch of other apps. You could also follow us on social media at Pod. join our Facebook group, Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group, and you can sign up for our mailing list over on our website, piecingpod.com. There's a whole bunch of stuff you could do. You could even rate and review us on iTunes. You know what? I'm... I could just keep going and going. There's so many things you could do. Get in touch with us and give us some feedback directly. You could email me, by davidrosen at gmail.com, or just tweet at us or whatever. You know what? I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear what you're thinking of the show. So, you know what? All those things and more, just do it all. I want to hear from you all. We're going to have some contests coming up real soon. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this new year of piecing it together. I hope you guys are enjoying the show, and uh, we're going to keep doing more episodes. So, stay tuned for all that um i left you guys last week with a creepy piece of my music and i have plenty of creepy pieces of music to pick from so uh let's do another one of those how about the track broken circuits from my first album echoes in the dark which has a really cool music video too another creepy heart influenced video so make sure you check that out on my youtube